welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- It's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. The song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyric ever. It's like stuffing the sock in your pants and you got nothing else to tell me. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. sends the beast with wrath because he knows the time is short. Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast, for it is a human number. Its number is 666. All right, welcome back to the Audible Ecstasy podcast. If you didn't get it by that little tune at the beginning, it is time for the Iron Maiden the number of the beast album review guys. Really? I have been looking forward to this all week long as this is a classic record in the iron maiden discography. I'm excited. I'm pumped guys. Y'all ready to get this going? Let's do it. Ready. Anthony, 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 this is your baby. How about you start this thing? <laughs> all right. Um, before I get started, I'm going to do a little band lineup tonight because there is no Nico McBrain on this one. He didn't right. come in until peace of mind. That was his album when he started. But he's been with them ever since, uh, pretty sure, right? Yeah. That's correct. He has. So, but he had Bruce Dickinson on lead vocals, Dave Murray on guitar, Adrian Smith on guitar and backing vocals, Steve Harris, one of my personal favorite bass players, uh, on bass, of course, awesome bass player. Clyde Burr is the man on drums in this uh, this album, and he is an amazing drummer, too, so... Um, but song number one is Invaders, and I gave it an 8.5. Um, I love the drum intro. It's loud, quick, fast-paced. It's pure Iron Maiden. It's a great song from start to finish, and, you know, I really like it. I like it a lot. So hey, 8.5. Man. Excellent, excellent. Now, Chris, what are, what are your thoughts of Invaders? Let it be known, I'm the Iron Maiden noob tonight. Uh, <laughs> these guys are, okay. are both huge fans, and... and I think I'll quickly become a fan after giving this album a review, but uh, yeah, I just don't know it like these guys do. So excuse me if I bash, a, I'm not going to bash hardly anything on this album, but if something that's iconic, I'm not aware of, you know, that's my that's bad. Okay. Uh, as far as this song goes, I thought it was a good intro. I thought the the, the rhythm section, you know, the, the drums and the bass prominent here. The guitars were excellent. To me, the chorus... Yeah, it's kind of okay on this one. I, it honestly probably my least favorite chorus on the album. Yeah. Uh, vocally, Bruce is fantastic, but the chorus itself, eh. So I gave it an eight for guitars. I gave it a six for the chorus. It's probably my actually. I'm just gonna tell you right now, it's my lowest rated song on the album. It's a seven out of ten overall. So seven's not bad, man. Yeah, it's not bad at all. I mean, as we know, uh, we have a uh, we our rating scale is basically telling you seven's very good, guys. But, and I mean, this seven, is a very good song. So. I couldn't agree with you more. Invaders is uh, one of those tunes. I feel like it was a pretty great opener. This is the introduction of Bruce Dickinson. The song, in my opinion, has a double meaning. Um, this basically, Invaders, as you guys know the words, dude. I'm sure you looked it up throughout the week. 
uh, robbing and pillaging or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, this is, this was the song that basically Bruce Dickinson's invading it. Now it's, it's on. And this is the point to where you, if you weren't an Iron Maiden fan before, you definitely jumped on board because they changed the tone. And of course they weren't big in America at this time, but once this album dropped, it, it started a snowball effect and they just could progressively got better and better over the years as far as uh, fanfare over here in the States. Um, I give it an eight. I think it's a great opener. Um, I don't think it's my least favorite song, but uh, it's going to be one of my lower scores. Uh, and I hate to sound like a fanboy, and and I know Anthony, you're probably going to have a hard time. I tried to I be as uh, as straight up as I could on this album, just, and and how I, I felt about it. So <laughs> it's hard to because it's 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 basically it's farther than me as a metal fan. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right. So that being said, I'm an eight. Uh, it brings us up to the second song, "Children of the Damned." Anthony, what about you, buddy? Man, I love everything about this song. It's moody, brooding, filled with darkness, and it's an excellent song that honestly might be iconic. I mean, according with this band, because it's it's pretty big in their repertoire as far as, far as I know. Um, the groove is great. It starts slow and builds and builds, and then it blasts into a thunderous gallop. It's really, really good. Um, and I read that this song is based on the films Village of the Damned and Children of the Damned, which in turn were adapted from the novel The Midwich Cuckoos by John Wyndham. And Bruce Dickinson himself on a recent rock show told Ronnie James Dio that Children of the Dam was inspired by Black Sabbath's Children of the Sea, which is a great song in itself, too. So a lot of great inspiration right there for this one song. And I gave it a 9.5. Wow. To me, it's sitting between excellent and iconic, man. This is an amazing song right here. Fair enough. Fair enough. Nine and a half. All right, Chris, what about you? What do you think about Children of the Damned? Yeah, I read my notes here. This is a great groove throughout this whole song. Very powerful vocals. Uh, the chorus is extremely catchy. Uh, I love the buildup in the second half of this song where the harmonizing guitars kick in during that solo. And I love the ending, a very theatrical ending as well. This is a great song. I gave it eight and a half out of ten. Yeah. Right. Good deal. Good deal. Now, of course, my opinion on this is going to be just a little bit different you guys. I think this song is, um, it's in between very good and excellent. Um, I've just, of all the songs on this record, this one is the one that did not grab me the, you know, grab me. Uh, it's never really been a favorite of mine, honestly. Um, it's my, my opinion is this is the weakest song on the record. And that's just my opinion, guys. And, uh, I, the guitars, it's, it's pretty darn decent in this. The tone's pretty good. You know, it's got that, that, that slow vibe start there. It's kind of got that coursey effect going on. I just, I've just never gotten into this tune. It is still a great song or, you know, it's very good to great. I'm, I'm thinking seven and a half is where I was at on this one, guys. I know it sounds terrible, but once again, our scale, this is, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Yeah. All right, Anthony, track number three, The Prisoner. Um, uh, it's uh, I wrote it's a heavy, powerful, loud, and thunderous song that was inspired by the British TV show of the same name and features dialogue from its title sequence. And I've never seen the show, but uh, I might have to check it out sometime. Um, I gave this one a nine, man. The Prisoner is a, is a great, great song. Um, I had it at 8.5 until this afternoon and I heard it again. I was like, you know, that song is just too good for an 8.5 for me. I got to give it an excellent, man. It's a great song. So right, yeah, very give good. it a nine. Nine. Excellent. Chris, what about you? Uh, what do you think about the prisoner? I actually gave it a nine as well. Uh, really enjoyed the song. I liked the, the intro. This, I guess it, I, I thought it was from a movie. I didn't know. 
but uh, it kind of gives me, uh, and I know, these, if anything, vice versa, but it gives, it gives me the uh, like a Rob Zombie kind of vibe, the way he uses oh, yeah. horror movies and stuff at the, at the <laughs> start of his songs. Although, the, you know, I know, if anything, he would have got it from these guys. Um, real singable chorus, the bass is prominent, the guitar riffs are excellent. Yeah, this is a nine for me. All right, before I go into this spiel, The Prisoner is by far my favorite song by uh, Iron Maiden on this record, period. Mm. I love this song. Killer song, man. And I realized that I, uh, over the years, it's it's in my top, I will lay it out there. This is a top 10 song in the Iron Maiden catalog to me. I love it. It's always caught me. I mean, Anthony, I think the time me and you saw him in Charlotte, I probably started crying when they played this one. I can't even remember. <laughs> and I was screaming at the top of my lungs. Yeah. But nonetheless, it is my favorite song. Great harmony, great transitions in this tune. Uh, guitar riffs are there. Um, although it could be argued that this is as iconic. I did give it a nine just like the rest of you guys. So I'm going to throw it out there. It's a nine in my book. In reality, it's probably a 10 in my book. But I'm being fair to the record because there are some iconic songs in this record without a doubt. So, all right, guys, I'm at a nine. And that moves us up to uh, track number four, the final song on side one of this cassette, 22 Acacia Avenue. Anthony, what do you think? Oh, man, another one I'm going to fanboy all over. Uh, (laughs) 9.5 for this one, man. Um, This song is excellent. And I love the way the song flows. Sometimes fast, sometimes slow. The transitions from fast to slow, from slow to fast, are seamless and smooth. And interesting fact, I read this this week, Charlotte the Harlot, 22 Acacia Avenue, and From Here to Eternity are songs Maiden fans refer to as the Charlotte Saga. And the character Charlotte is an upper-class hooker who is very ignorant. For instance, she tries to have genuine relationships with clients and doesn't realize that prostitution is illegal. So that's sort of her character backstory. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. I, I've never heard that, but that is, I should have looked this one up myself because this tune's got some serious yeah. dark vibes. What now? So you love this one that much, huh? That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, 9.5. And Charlotte the Harlot's on what? Is it on Iron Maiden or is it on uh, their first one or their second one? can't remember now. Uh, heck, I thought that was the first one, but I could be wrong. It might I, be the I, first I guess I'll look it up. I know from here to eternity, I think it's on, is it on Fear of the Dark or No Prayer? I can't remember that one either, but. Oh, Lord. Yeah. I think it's calling me out right in the middle of this podcast. How dare you? <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> I thought I knew it when I was looking at it. I was like, wait a minute. I don't know it as much, but yeah. I think yeah, from, from here in eternity is a little bit later than that, to be honest with you. But all right. Well, I'll look it up in just a second. Chris, what about yeah. you? What do you think about the uh, 22 Acacia Avenue? Yeah, this is a, a solid song. I, again, I love the theatrical vibe going on with this song. You know, I could almost see see these guys putting on an, a rock opera or something. I, I don't, do they do that any, I mean, do they have any of those? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, they do. Okay. Do they mean, ever put it on their show? I mean, they've got like set pieces for a lot of their songs and uh-huh. they had, like a B 52 bomber or something hanging over the show for aces high or something recently. Big old. Still do that. Yeah. 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 Satan sitting on the stage during the number of the beast and all that stuff. It's crazy stuff, but yeah. <laughs> I, I did like that vibe i will say this song it's probably a little too long that's the only knock i had on it i I, did, I enjoyed the transitions you know i'm sitting here listening to it and i'm looking at the it feels like it's about over and it's only halfway through and <laughs> i keep seeing it and it's like that's the only knock i had on it. i gave it a seven and a half out of ten but i did enjoy the song i mean that's between very good and great so yeah yeah, dude, it's, it's fair enough. Like, like I said, this is, I mean, it's not my favorite song on this record, but I think it's a great song. It's a dark, it's a dark, dark song, guys. 
lyrically speaking, there's nothing like a good woman beating song, right? I mean, this is (laughs) Jesus dark lyrics, but music is fantastic. This is absolutely a great tune. I know it's a, it's probably a fan favorite in a lot of areas. Um, but yeah, I gave it an eight and a half. I think it's a great rocker. I think it's a great way to seal out or end up on side one. And, um, as you guys are about to experience what happens when you flip over to side two on this album, track number five, the number of the beast, beast. Anthony, what do you think? (laughs) I gave this one a 10.666. Right on. Okay. No, no laughter on that one. Okay. Anyways, (laughs) I figured I'd get at least a chuckle. Dude, that's okay. It's funny. Whether you want to look at it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I love how this song starts with the talking part. It's so evil. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It fits the song perfectly. And then the song kicks in and it never lets up. It has that perfect maiden sound. And that Bruce scream at the start, it helped to launch this band into the stratosphere. I mean, it, this song, that really did help launch this band. Yeah, iconic is too small a word for this song. And I learned that The Number of the Beast was not a satanic song, but was actually instead inspired by bass player Steve Harris's nightmare about being trapped in hell triggered after watching damien omen 2 and no so, kidding yeah and the omen movies are all good so i mean omen 2 was okay but the other ones are really good so yeah anyway, oh man <laughs> wow sidebar all right chris what, what do you think about the number of the beast yeah that that opening riff is just fantastic on this song uh i will say it almost gives me like a little I don't know if you guys get this or not, but I almost kind of feel like it sounds like the who it's at, at, at a certain point in this song. There's like a song they do there. I don't know if it's Bob O'Reilly. I can't remember which one it was, uh, but that, da, 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 bah, you know, that part of the song there, yeah. I don't know if you oh, remember, yeah. but I definitely get a, a who vibe from that. That's about the only place, but um, I think Bruce's voice is fantastic on this song. The chorus is singable, very singable. The rhythm section crushes it. I think it's my favorite song on the album. And I gave it a 10. Yeah. Wow. It's, yeah, it's amazing. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to be the oddball out here. This is uh, first track <laughs> on side two, Number of the Beast. This is probably the, um, it's probably the most overplayed song on this record. It's honestly one of the ones that just burns you out over time. I would say that, you know, if I'd have first heard this recently i'd probably say it's it's one of the greater songs i don't even think they play this in concert anymore it's pretty much the uh it's just a sellout tune i think this is probably a five in my book it's a meh <laughs> just kidding this is a 10 oh my god if you're listening to this at home this is a 10 it's iconic every sense of the word i don't know that i was about to say jim you thought you lost your damn mind tonight man <laughs> you love it don't you you guys love it oh my god dude, i felt i felt absolutely... the set up i didn't believe you for a second man <laughs> i was wondering man i was wondering where the butt was coming in out well, and let the suspense continue. No, um, it's iconic from that opening riff, you know, from the opening voicings of the, uh, was it Vincent Price? I mean, come I on. Don't think it's, it's not Vin- I don't think it's Vincent Price. I've always thought it was, but I don't think it is. Yeah, dude, whoever it is, that is the perfect sound. When you hear this as a kid, oh my God, you're like, oh my God, dude, this is my life. I'm going, I'm going to burn in hell for listening. This is the first thought in my mind when I heard it when I was like <laughs> 10 or whatever I was. But yeah, 10 <laughs> iconic, hands down. Great. Brings us up to track number six, Run to the Hills. Anthony, what do you think about this one? Run to the Hills, man. It's a 10. Again, iconic. Again, is too small a word for this song. This is another one that helped launch them and is perfect from start to finish. I love the way this song gallops. And Steve Harris said he wrote this song and put it together in a way that wanted to make you feel like you're riding a horse. 
And you truly do feel like you're riding a horse when you when yes. you're doing it. Uh, yeah. And it's a perfect song, very singable chorus. And according to Spotify, this was the lead single off the album and the first top ten hit, and it reached number seven on the UK charts before the album was even finished. So uh, I saw that little tidbit on uh, Song Facts on Spotify a few days ago. Thought I'd throw it out there. <laughs> that is awesome. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Chris, what about you? What do you think about Run to the Hills? I think even a, a noob like me knows this is an iconic song. <laughs> uh, you know, Jimmy, we've gone and seen Trivium. I've seen them, I think, three times. And this is a song they play before they come on stage every time. So I'm but, assuming this is just something they always do. Uh, yes. That shows you how well thought. Like, you know, this is a song that jacks people up. It's funny, I was driving down the interstate on Friday playing this song. I looked down, I was doing 90 miles an hour. <laughs> I got to slow it down. It's one of those oh songs. God, that's awesome. I, it's, yeah, this, this is a great song, man. The catchy chorus, the rhythm section kills it. it throughout this album, I'm going to keep saying that over and over again, but the bass guitar is so good on this album. The drummer is fantastic. I mean, those guys need the praise for this because they really, the band is complete. I mean, they're very good. Guitars were on point. Yeah, this is a 10. No question. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with you. All right. Now, here we go. A little story time on this one. Run to the Hills. I, I'm telling you right now, it's iconic as they get. It's a solid 10. My introduction to this, guys, was way back when I was a kid. And, you know, when we used to buy cassettes at, you know, the Roses, Hex, whatever it was called here in Abingdon, um, there was a cassette called Masters of Metal. My mom bought that for me. It would have been like 83, 84. I remember having some classic songs on there, like some, it had a Sabbath tune, which wasn't great, but it had like Y&T, Dawkins, a Dio tune, a Van Halen song as well. Um, but it had Iron Maiden Run to the Hills. And I remember this just thinking, oh my God, this is awesome. This is the song that turned me into the Maiden fan that I am. Uh, this is what started it all. And I immediately trying to get it. And I remember my mom not buying me Number of the Beast because of the album cover. But I was able to get peace of mind, and I was able to get, of course, after I got peace of mind and then went to Power Slave, I was able to go backwards and get Number of the Beast. But, uh, yeah, man, I just this was what got me into it, dude. I'm just telling you right now. it was, It's a memorable riff. That horse galloping, Anthony, you couldn't be. I mean, that's just absolutely <laughs> correct. That's perfect. I, 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 I totally never, see I've that. I've never read that. I've, I I've caught myself that. and – Going around the kitchen galloping like a horse this song a few times. <laughs> nice. But I needed some stress breaks in the afternoon, man. <laughs> yeah, but guys, I mean, you know, it is an absolutely awesome, awesome song, and I just uh, still love it to this day. So it rocks. Now, track number seven, Gangland. Anthony, what do you think? Um, and this is uh, I this is my lowest rated. Um, it's seven. I gave it a seven point five. I said this is a very good song, and that's why I gave it this rating. Nothing too grand about it, but it works, and it sounds good, and the band sounds great. Um, not one I would seek out, but not one I would skip either. Now, you guys got to follow me on this one. This sounded right in my head when I made this analogy, but it mm -hmm. may not tonight, so feel free to cut if you need to, Chris. <laughs> Edit. In this three-song sandwich, which is Run to the Hills at the start, you have roast beef before it, top-of-the-line roast beef, and some great aged cheese after this one is the condiment that holds it all together and there's nothing wrong with that every great sandwich needs a condiment and that's why i gave it a 7.5 yeah 
It's the condiment that holds the two together. I follow that. That, that, that won't need to be cut, I don't think. <laughs> interesting, <laughs> interesting perspective. But uh, yeah, wow, I'm all of a sudden hungry. Why would you do that to me at eight thirty at night? Good lord! Should eat dinner. <laughs> all right, Chris, what do you think about Gangland? Well, I got to tell you, Jimmy, you you kind of you got in my head last week when we were talking about this after the last podcast because you mentioned this is probably going to be uh, a turd for you, yep. and. And I remember like thinking, okay, going in, I had this preconceived notion the song wasn't going to be very good. And I listened to it all week. And I kept thinking, you know what? This song kicks ass. I don't know what he's talking about here. Like the drum solo at the beginning is fantastic. The guitar riffs are solid on this song. Even the chorus is pretty catchy, I thought. So like I, I almost gave this a lower score. And, and I listened to it today because I did. I had that that thought in my head. And I was out mowing the grass today, and I, I spun this thing one last time. I was like, you know what? This is a really good song. I, I don't understand why you said that. I gave it an eight and a half, and I'm going to stand by that. Wow. Hey, dude, that's great. Now, when I say this is a turd, this is a turd that is not For necessarily not, a, not a on this turd, record. This yeah. is the turd on this record. You're talking and, about it being a turd in a diamond crusty right. commode right i mean seriously this is when I, I didn't mean it to be like it's a bad song this is the worst song on this record in my opinion i know that you like it but from what my thought and i'm just like anthony on this one this is a seven and a half in my book um i don't dislike the song it's just the worst one on here in my opinion there's always going to be a bad one at least it, to some extent and this is what i call a bad one on this record now this this album is hard to judge because it's got so much fanfare behind it and it is so it's an dude. I can just tell you, this is an iconic record in metal history. Period. That's, and, that's a little um, higher score you gave than you you claimed you might give last week. I can't remember you <laughs> well, saying five. I was, I was joking. I was oh, okay, joking. Okay, okay. You know, I was thinking, uh, wow, okay, well, it is. It, and like I said, my lowest scores. There's two of them, and it's between this and Children of the Dam. And I'm not saying that either one of those songs are, are bad songs. It's just that in my my ears and and what I'm hearing compared to the other tunes on here. You know, Gangland is the uh, worst. If tied tied for the worst song on here, if it was a, uh, I mean, it's it's just a it's a pretty second place if you know what I mean. Because all these other ones are first place finishes. It's just a great great record altogether. But uh, you know, um, I, I, this is my notes. Very good. Maybe the worst song on the record. I mean, that's just what I put. I <laughs> wasn't, you know, that's just how it is. Wasn't this song written by like Dave Murray or somebody else? Not, not the normal no, songwriters. No, like that. nope. It was written by um, uh, Adrian Some, Smith and Clyde Burr. Adrian Burr. Smith and Clyde Burr. Okay. I knew it was somebody that usually didn't do a lot of writing for Maiden, which I think Clyde Burr didn't. No, he, he did not. He, he didn't yeah. have a lot of credits uh, on his short tenure yeah. with the band. So, um, you know, he's a few tunes here and there. But you you said the drum part at the beginning, Chris. This is why. Yeah. This is, I mean, Crushed it, man. yeah, absolutely. Clive, this is probably why Clive wrote this. He was probably doing some kind of, and I've never, I don't know the history behind the song at all, but I'm betting that they were just doing some kind of warm up and he was jamming that beginning of this song. And, they, and Adrian Smith probably just jumped in and just started riffing. And that's what yeah. created Gangland. And um, that's usually how it happens. The band gets together, they start jamming with some ideas, and like sometimes magic happens. I like that dead men tell no tales. Well, that's uh, a great line. Gave me that's like a pirate one. vibe to it or something. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was a really good song. Dude, yeah. it, it, lyrically, it's a great song. It's it's it's, it's lyrically better than 22 Acacia Avenue. But, uh, yeah. uh, but you know what? It just It's never been one that grabs me. And um, it's... You know, Anthony, you're right. It's in between two kick-ass songs, period. So, um, yes. now that, speaking of in between, we're going to go to track number eight. Last song on this side, Hallowed Be Thy Name. Anthony, what do you think? 
I've never heard this one before, but I like it. It's a new it. tune. Uh, it's a new one. I, it's, I think it's never been released <laughs> until last year. I don't think they had it in concert or nothing. So, but now it's on like it's on like every single concert album coming and going. They've got it. Seems like, um, I this is a ten. That's should I even mention it's a ten. I mean, it's iconic, and I'll say this one more time: it is too small a word for the song and what it means to this band. I love, love, love the way the song builds. It is so ominous and dark, and you feel like that prisoner staring down death. And the song kicks in, and the band is off and running. They never take their foot off the gas until the very end of the song. And this song also shows just how great a singer Bruce is. I mean, he, he's shining on all these songs, of course, but the ranges he has to cover in this song are crazy. The highs, the lows, the mids. Yeah. It's an amazing performance from him, man. So, yeah, it's a, it's an easy 10 for me. Agreed. All right. Chris, what do you think about Hallowed Be Thy Name? Yeah, I love that intro with the the bell oh, chiming there the whole time, and yes, you know, I, like I, I right off the bat, I caught that this is a guy being led to his execution. You know, mm-hmm. it was it was pretty awesome. I, I agree, Anthony. Bruce's vocals are perfect for this song. They absolutely, he nails it. And again, the rhythm sections there, the bass prominent, uh, guitar solo is exceptional. Uh, this is is ten. I gave it a ten. That's a pretty easy ten, I think. And I didn't realize it was something they played every time either, by the way. Oh, yeah, pretty much so, about every show. Yeah. yeah. Darn near every show, if not every show, but yeah. Yeah. All right. So, obviously, I'm going to wrap this up. I don't need to talk too much about this one, guys. For those who don't know who Iron Maiden is, this song is iconic. It's a 10 across the board. It's a heck of a way to end an album. You have basically just been put through uh, 45 minutes of, just an onslaught of welcome to Bruce Dickinson era maiden. And it is certainly an education. You get taught so much in this. I do feel like these are the superior years. I do appreciate the first two albums, but this is the record in my opinion that defines what iron maidens about. I know that that'll be uh, controversial amongst maiden fans out there across the world. I've got nothing but love for the first two albums, but finishing this thing off with hallowed be thy name guys, you couldn't have capped this song off any better or this record off with any better tune in my opinion that's that song is perfect placement in this one um i do feel like they could have moved number of beasts and run the hills around maybe put one of those on the first side yeah they could have opened with number of beasts dude imagine this album opening with number of the beast see i was thinking uh run to the hills and then put uh invaders were run to the hills is that's what i was thinking Oh, that, that would have been a great one too because both of them have an iconic start but man just listening to that guy talk won't mm-hmm. be let them see yeah that's a heck of a way to start an album out all right so now it brings us up to uh overall vibes of this record overall ratings anthony what is your overall rating on this one can you guess what it is <laughs> if you're gonna say 10 you're gonna be close in the ballpark but yeah what do you got uh i gave it a 10 i mean it's an iconic album it's an album that helped to tell the metal community that there was a band called Iron Maiden and you better get out of their way or they're going to run you over. And they did just that and they continue to do that. I cannot recommend this album enough. It's an easy 10 for me. Wow. Chris, what about you? Well, first, Anthony, I want to thank you for choosing this album because I feel like it was a really good introduction to this group. I finally got and, one right, huh? Yeah, you did. You nailed that. <laughs> uh, and, and I didn't really realize going in how theatrical these guys were. In a good way, by the way. I, you know, I don't know if some people might look at that as an insult, but I think these guys, no, yeah, I really enjoyed their vibe. And uh, 
I also appreciate how prominent the the bass and the the drums are on this album because a lot of times that gets washed away and some some stuff. And these guys is very prominent in this album, and I, I think the music's very well crafted as well. The lyrically, it's fantastic. Everything seems to tell a good story. You don't have any juvenile crap with these guys, you know, uh, like like we have had in some past reviews. <laughs> Sex uh, child. <laughs> exactly. 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 Uh, yeah, I think the majority of this album absolutely rocked. Uh, I tallied it up, and I was a little surprised by how my how my score was. I, I'm not sure I've tallied one this high before. It came up to an 8.8, which, when you're just adding them all together, that's, I mean, that's pretty dang high. I don't think I've added one together and had one that high so far. So I know you don't add them up, Anthony. You're, you're making a face there, but but for me, that's feels, a very man. high score when I add it up. So oh, I agree. That's a high yeah, score. Yeah, I probably man. round it to a nine. It was fantastic. Right on. Now, as and I did the same thing, obviously, guys, for those listening at home, I do do the numbers. Uh, my numbers, Chris, just like yours, come up to 8.8, 8.9. Mm. Um, uh, so with that being said, this is absolutely a solid nine in anybody's book. Eight songs is hard to justify given this thing. Eight songs that are as good as these songs are in any catalog. I mean, I argue that this is, you know, it's a fan favorite. It's one of the best records they've released, and they've released a ton of great records over the years. They're still Um, releasing them. And they're still releasing great records. You're right. Um, I I do think this is worthy of a nine. I would almost go your scale, Anthony, because this is iconic in their discography period. It really is. Um, And it may be their best-selling album. I don't know if it is or not, but I didn't look. I didn't. This is the one week I did not go through sales. Run to the Hills, I do know for a fact that was the first single, without a doubt. I remember that. But, you know, it is an iconic album. I just, my numbers say it's going to be closer to a nine, and my ears tell me it certainly is closer to a ten. I love it, and uh, it certainly is worth anybody's 45 minutes to sit back, put headphones on, and listen to this one. This is this is one that you don't just listen to in open air. Put some headphones on, listen to this record, listen to the what just the intricate guitar parts, the vocals, the drums, and you guys were you guys were both praising the bass and drums. Well, guess what runs the band? The band is run by Steve Harris. He's yep. the bassist. So this stuff is basically being written with a basis point of mind in the majority of their music and it works it's fantastic mm-hmm. and they have stood the test of time period yeah all right now That's anthony true. i know that you uh with that being said guys iconic period it's great it's a great record you can't go wrong now what is the uh, question you, you've got a question for us this week what what's your question yeah. um well being this is iron maiden you can't go without mentioning eddie and Derek riggs who did an amazing job bringing him to life and I was going to try and get y'all's favorite Eddie's for the week. And I wrote that the Peace of Mind album cover is my favorite with Eddie on it. He's in that padded cell, wrapped in chains, in a straight jacket, clothes ripped, face contorted and evil. Awesome cover. And an honorable mentions, Live After Death, and coming out of that grave with the lightning bolts. It's pretty sweet. The Trooper is awesome. Fear of the Dark when he's coming out of the tree, which wasn't, I don't think that one was done by Derek Riggs. It was done by somebody else. Um, Brave New World and uh, the Christmas ones are also really good. So check out any one of those if you can. You're going to take away all our choices, Anthony, by <laughs> rattling them all off. Thanks, Anthony. Nah, I, didn't ta- I, didn't, I didn't take all of them. You didn't. And I actually. That's okay. You didn't actually take them. I'm looking either. forward to hearing what Chris had to say because he is the, the newbie, so to speak, in this. Mm-hmm. Chris, who did you pick? What did you pick? I found one that was kind of uh, entertaining. Uh, the one I picked was. Uh, women in uniform 
Oh yeah, I know that one. Which is uh, Eddie, oh Eddie's walking down the street. He's got a girl on each arm, and Margaret Thatcher's sitting around the corner with a machine gun ready to attack him. <laughs> which led to uh, a different album cover uh, called Sanctuary, which uh, shows yeah. Eddie over uh, Thatcher's corpse yeah. holding a knife. And apparently that actually led to a bunch of feminist protesters back in the day protesting <laughs> their concerts. So anytime you can you can you can drum up the feminist protesters, I feel like you got a winner right there. So I think I think and I, I like the women in uniform better because I liked uh, Eddie's vibe. You know, he's just strutting down the street with a girl on each arm. It's it was. It's good. A, it's also a great song too, which is hard to find. It's a rare song by him, but it's a really good one. I don't know why it was on an album, but it was, it's really good. If you get a chance to hear it. That's Down hilarious. Oh original singer. All right, so with with mine, I you know I narrowed mine down to probably three choices. I could have gone four, but uh, I did narrow it down to three. My number one favorite one is the Trooper. It's yeah. just iconic. That's something you see a lot, awesome and one, it's man. it's an iconic Eddie. He is uh, he's fantastic. You know, he's got the British flag, and he's just going after it. You know, he's going he's getting ready to run somebody through. If you know what I mean, Anthony. Um, yep. My second awesome. favorite, I'm torn between my second and third favorite. I love the um, the Power Slave Eddie. I always have. That's yeah, um, a fan favorite. It's a classic. It's a great one. And is that the one on the top? on the pyramids? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's an actual. You know, he's a mummy. Uh, it's mm-hmm. I guess it's just like you know you're talking about the live at the death record. Well, what he looked like when he ran around on stage was a gigantic mummy, and okay. uh, it was pretty cool, man. Um, my, uh, the other one that I'm torn between is the stranger in a strange land. This is a three I told that's you guys about in our text. I love that. That's, you know, that's the shirt I've got on stranger in a strange land. That's it's, cool. it's, that is a my cool favorite Baden. Yeah. It's my favorite one. Um, but, uh, Anthony, it's funny. You, you mentioned peace of mind being your favorite. I don't know if you can that's see fun. this or not, but this is the uh, peace of mind toy. <laughs> What's that? One of those Funko pops or whatever yeah, those things Funko are? Funko pop maiden. I've got the, uh, number of the beast behind me back there. But when you said this one, I had to get it down. I was like, oh my God, peace of mind, Eddie. Yeah, the Brave New World one is good too. I like that one a lot. The Eddie that's a the great. Clouds. That's a great one too, man. Well, yeah. you know what? I mean, they all have a, a great piece of history, and the only one that really was it Fear of the Dark, the one that doesn't have him on it. Is that right? Yeah, well, I know Fear of the Dark has him coming out of a tree. That's one I like a <laughs> oh, lot too. Okay, but I got you. I don't right. think Derek Riggs did that one. I think somebody else did that one. I don't know who it was, but I'm uh, trying to look at it right now. Uh, so that's where from from uh, Fear of the Dark is where that From Here to Eternity comes from. Yeah, that's what I thought. And, and Charlotte the Harlot is on the first album. Okay. So yeah. that just that just kind of fills out your trilogy of uh, of white beating songs, songs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or prostitute beating songs, I should say. Nonetheless, uh, man, what a great week on this record. I mean, it's it's nice to have something that you're familiar with, but still excited to listen to, because that's the way I felt this week. Because uh, I've oh, yeah. heard it, I mean, countless times over the years. Uh, and it was, dude, I'm glad you picked this one. I really am. Um, you could probably could have picked a ton of different maiden ones, but this one's a great one to pick. I mean, you know, the next album, Peace of Mind, is absolutely stellar. The next album, Power Slaves, absolutely stellar. The next one, absolutely stellar. I mean, it just goes on. They keep progressively getting better. And the music changes slightly, but it remains the heaviness. Until, and it just, it just works. Until the 90s. The 90s when it gets a little bumpy, but. Well, that's where that's where I dropped off the uh, the the fanfare and kind of laid low for a while because I didn't you know I didn't like the way they went and of course they they switched to Blaze uh, for a few years there and you know the music's good it's just not me it's not it's not Bruce and when they got Bruce back dude 
I remember getting, uh, was it the, oh, God, what was world. the album that came back? A Matter Brave of Life and Death. Oh, yeah, Brave was New it? World. Brave New yeah. World. Okay. Yeah. That's the one yeah. I remember getting that album like the day of. That's an awesome Buying album. it Best Buy because I was like, Bruce Dickens in the back, I'm in. <laughs> That's an awesome album, man. Ghost of the That's Navigators great. on there. I no, love that classic song. Classic song. Classic song. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, let's wrap this thing up. We've been rambling too long on this one. We're we're cracked. I, I'm sure we've been 35, 40 minutes at this point. I don't even know where we're at, but uh, it's been a fun conversation. Uh, before we go, Anthony, I know you've got a couple things going on in your world of podcasts. And talk to us. What, what's going on? <laughs> well, I have my song lines and tan lines going strong, but for some reason, I decided to start another one where I'm reading some of my short stories and some of my stuff to try and get a further grasp on my writing give it a little more edge in the world because it's hard to hard to make it as a self-published writer and it's called the nightlight tales podcast and i published a song re, uh, song i published a short story recently called the man from the road which was inspired by the song the number of the beast so if anybody listening to this wants to hear me read you know uh my short story the man from the road it's on nightlight tales podcast and you can hear the inspiration from the song within that short story yeah, you know, that's, that's the one thing I don't think we've ever introduced about you, Anthony. You are an accomplished writer. You've got tons yeah. of success that you've got. Well, Appreciate no, don't, don't, don't say that because you do have <laughs> success. You've got a reg, you, you, that part of your revenue comes from your books. So that is a true statement. And you do yeah. make money as an author. Um, you're not Stephen King yet, but you are working on be. some great. <laughs> well, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's a tough gig, man. But, uh, you yeah. know, you write great short stories. I've read pretty I much everything it. you've published. And um, I, I do like the horror genre, and I know that's where your specialty lies. And oh, you yeah. do mix it up nicely with uh, with some, you know, beach themes. Uh, you mix it up nicely with, oh, yeah. you know, this. I guess the the standard horror horror genre with zombies and and hauntings. Exactly. And, and I appreciate that. You know, I, I think it's it's great reading. It's it's and it's cool to be able to say I know an author, dude. I know a guy's published. You know, that's that's a nice. I wish I could say it was really published. <laughs> well, I mean, you can argue it, brother, but you make money from Amazon. So, yeah, you know, know. That's, that, that's, it's a fact. That's so true. don't get me wrong. You ain't making millions, but you're making money. So hey, at least uh, I'm still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, look him up. It's Anthony Renfro on Amazon. You can find most of his published books there. I know that, uh, you, you got your podcast now, which is new to me today. Just finding out about it earlier today. Um, yeah, I look forward to listening to that. And, um, as always enjoy your, your tan lines and, uh, yeah, your Buffett stories are great I, I do like that i like that and they're short you know six to ten minutes for the most part most yeah, every, every week I, I do love it so guys we're gonna wrap it up right now um fantastic week next week if i'm not mistaken it's tesla it's right is that correct yes, that is yeah. correct mechanical resonance yes mechanical resonance it's a it's the uh introduction to tesla that i took and i brought this one back for us to review next week i can't wait to talk to you guys about this what I think is a classic rock record, but, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's see what some opinions, see how we differ next week, I should say. Um, but guys, let's call it a night for audible ecstasy podcast. This is Jimmy. This is Chris. This is Anthony. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the audible ecstasy podcast. Join us next week when we review mechanical resonance from Tesla. We'll see you then.